Welcome to the Wise Business Podcast, a show dedicated to making you a better entrepreneur through the latest digital marketing strategies, trends, and advice. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wise Business Podcast. I'm Carmen Mastropiero, and today's episode is all about persuasive copywriting techniques because after all, what's one of the main goals of copywriting? It's obviously to persuade and get customers to do something and that if you engineer your copy right, then you're gonna push people to take action, ultimately convert, and that's gonna generate more revenue for you or a client. So today's episode is gonna be all about different persuasive copywriting techniques I use every single day in my own company, but also for my clients. And these are all backed by psychology and science, the hallmark of any good writing technique. After all, a lot of what goes into advertising, marketing, copywriting, things like that is behavioral science and consumer psychology. And that's why the first strategy is you're not writing for who you think you're writing for because it's very easy to make up a character in our head and think that we're writing for them. And then you end up writing some kind of campaign. It doesn't perform that well. And that's because you're not writing to a 40 year old male whose day job is an accountant and they want to earn passive income. You're not writing for that person at all. You're actually writing for John Doe, the 40 year old accountant from Boston who doesn't see himself as that character. He sees himself as a man that loves spending time with his kids, playing in a local baseball league on the weekend and hitting the gym. He has a good sense of humor. He has an organized lifestyle. And if you're writing for a generic buyer persona, you won't really get that deep and far with the real consumer who has emotions, wants, needs, desires, family, friends, hobbies, and all these things that ultimately you can actually target in your copywriting to select the very specific audience and resonate with them very deeply and emotionally. That's why I always recommend that you develop a buyer persona over time you have it documented. If you're working with a client, make sure that you ask for one. It'll save you tons of time. But what I recommend you do is studying the target audience through market reports, case studies, white papers, and other freely available data. I also recommend sending out questionnaires, performing focus groups if possible, and doing your own primary studies. I also love going through social media and Reddit and just reading through tons of conversations and taking notes and you'll be really surprised on the patterns and the different ideas and whatnot that you can pull from these areas because it's just people talking about their problems how they solve them how they want them solved and then you can kind of pick up on different uh, trends and patterns that brings me over to the second strategy which is that timely offers create urgency now imagine two different scenarios from your customer's perspective in the first they visit a landing page and the offer is permanent they can essentially come back anytime they want and get it but in the second landing page, it only lasts for about 48 hours. And once that time's passed, it's gone forever. And needless to say that customers would of course feel urgent in that second scenario to take action, opt in, buy the product, whatever it might be. And this is called FOMO or fear of missing out, where essentially we're going to fear that we're gonna miss out on something good if we don't take action. And that's really what urgency is all about. It's really built into our DNA and the reptile part of our brain because we don't wanna miss out on things if they're potentially gonna benefit us. You see this all the time in e-commerce or on travel websites where when there's a deal available, they'll tell you that it only lasts for the next 24 hours, the next two days, that 10 other people are looking at this. There's usually some kind of social proof or scarcity involved. And once again, if you can communicate that to customers, they're gonna feel that fire under themselves to take action before someone else gets it before them. Now, number three is kind of similar and that's creating a scarcity. Now, unlike urgency, scarcity is all about a limited supply or lack of a given product. I think luxury brands do this really well because they take a product, they make it expensive, they use rare materials, and then only a specific group of people can get it and it becomes scarce. And often they also create a limited amount of it. 
which also creates that effect of scarcity. And I love the cookie jar experiment. It's a famous experiment that was actually ran back in 1975. And what they did is they took a couple hundred undergrads and they had them rate the attractiveness of cookies that were either in a jar that was full or one that was nearly empty. And what do you know, most people went for the jar that was nearly empty because when something's hard to get, typically we want it more. And we can apply this to copywriting, marketing, and advertising by essentially positioning products as hard to get. Now, one of the ways to do this, limited inventory. If there is a limited amount of a product, make sure they know that on the product page, the checkout page, and so on. So they have to take action or someone else is going to get it. You can also show other people purchasing products. Sometimes if you're on e-commerce stores, you might get a little pop-up that says, John just bought X product and they're from this area. So once again, it just shows social proof, but also that people are active on the website and you have to buy before other people do. Um, now also positioning just through pricing, materials, and the other things I mentioned with luxury brands can also create a scarcity effect because only certain people can afford it. So if you do have a higher ticket product, sometimes it'll just kind of take care of itself, but it is something to consider kind of from the branding perspective. And the fourth persuasive copywriting technique is elaborating on pain points because people buy things to solve a particular problem. And that's why it's an amazing strategy to use because if you're able to target people's pain points within copywriting, it gets the relevant emotions going and then they're more likely to take action because your product or service solves that. Now, once again, if you do a lot of research into your audience, as I was talking about before, then this is probably going to take care of itself. You'll find within questionnaires, social media, and different material that people have very specific pain points related to your industry and niche. And then you can document those and just target them in your ads, your content and whatnot, and then always position your product or service as a way to solve those. For example, with my copywriting services, some of the pain points my clients have include they don't have the knowledge or the skills to actually write really good content and copy themselves. They've been burned by other writers in the past and they need a professional to rely on. Their colleagues are bugging them about starting blogging, generating inbound leads, and then they need a writer like me to come in and help them with that. Maybe their landing pages, their product pages and so on aren't performing very well and not generating conversions. Um, maybe that's plain old no, their content and copy sucks in a lot of cases and it needs a, a facelift. And then they'll come to someone like me to fix those things. And that brings me over to number five. This strategy actually comes from neuro-linguistic programming or NLP, which is essentially the study of how language affects the brain. And this is something called framing or future pacing, which is essentially the process of strategically putting a positive or negative emphasis on something and talking about how they're going to experience something in the future, whether it's a good or bad. Almost think about it like foreshadowing in a book or in traditional writing, but now for someone's experience in copywriting. But now remember, if you frame something positively, that's going to give them certain images and emotions. And if you flip it on the other side and you frame it as negative, it'll probably make them feel emotions related to urgency, scarcity, irritation, and their pain points. So you have to be pretty careful with the experience you're trying to create for customers. Now, for example, if you took these two headlines into consideration, they're both framed differently. The first one would be stop spending so much on healthcare, try NARA Health Insurance. The second one would be save $480 a year by using NARA Health Insurance today. So the first one is all about avoiding spending money on healthcare, which can often be uh, very expensive, right? So we're trying to avoid them experiencing a pain point. It's framed a little negatively. But in the second one, by telling them they can save nearly $500 a year, we frame it more positively. And like most things in copywriting, testing is always very, very important. So make sure that with framing, uh, whether it's in your headlines, it's the offer and different sections of the ad or the material, 
just make sure you're testing it to find the best combo. And then we're going on to number six, which is telling people clearly what to do next. Customers are smart. And in fact, they're actually more resourceful than ever. When you think about smartphones, review sites, social media, and these things, they have all the information in the world at their fingertips to make a really good purchasing decision. But nonetheless, they still need some guidance. And that's where clear calls to action really help persuade people because they're essentially words or phrases that tell people what to do next. And if they're on the fence, if they're objecting to something, if they're kind of sitting there thinking about what to do, telling them to call a number, visit a website, place their order kind of takes the thinking and the energy out of the equation and pushes them towards action. So make sure that every page you write specifically, if it's online, let's say for a web page, a landing page, it has one clear call to action. Try not to have too many calls to action that are different on a page because it confuses people and it can actually just decrease performance because instead of just having one goal, now you have several and it kind of muddies the data and the analytics. So specifically if you're working with landing pages, web pages, things like that, make sure just every single page has a clear call to action. Also what's really good for these type of assets is number seven, which is letting testimonials speak for themselves. So that not only is this copywriting, but it's also marketing and branding because 92% of customers actually read online reviews before making a purchase. And I don't know about you, that's probably the first thing when I'm shopping online is what I look for. If I'm on Amazon, a random website and I'm shopping, usually I'm looking for reviews or testimonials to make sure that I'm spending my money on something good and other people can vouch for it. So make sure on sales pages, sales letters, and anywhere applicable really, even in Facebook ads and shorter form advertisements, that you're leveraging customer reviews and testimonials as social proof. And that brings me over to copywriting strategy number eight. When we want to persuade people, it's really important that you paint a picture of using your product because imagination and visualizing things create strong emotions because our brain actually funny enough can't really tell the difference between visualizing something and reality. And when we bring out those relevant emotions, whether they're pain points or something good and positive, it's going to give people those emotions, those feelings, and then they're going to seek something to solve that or bring it to life. I think a lot of uh, David Ogilvy's old ads for Rolls Royce were amazing because he would paint so much vivid detail about the materials and the features, how it feels to drive it, that you can't help but imagine the experience and then you actually want to have it in your hands, in person. And then of course you would go ahead and place the order or go ahead and book a demo with the car. But now you can do this for pretty much anything from an e-commerce product to a service or a SaaS. Once again, it just really comes down to you understanding their pain points and what they're trying to achieve. And then if you can help them essentially understand what it looks like first person using your product to get those things, it's definitely going to help persuade them. Also, something that's really important to consider when it comes to copywriting and persuasion is objections. Because very seldom will someone read an entire sales page, go through an entire funnel, and just convert right away. They're going to have something they object to. It can be shipping, returns, a refund policy. Maybe it's the pricing, the legitimacy of what you're actually offering and claiming. And that's why it's really important to address objections ahead of time. Now, if you study your customers and you understand what they're going to object to, what you can do is actually preemptively answer these questions and objections. Once again, it might be to the performance of the product, if they can trust you, it might be the pricing, shipping, returns, and if you answer these things along the copy, suddenly they don't have to stop and think, well, can I trust these guys? What about this? What about that? Because you've already answered it. And what I also recommend doing, which ties into persuasion technique number 10, is creating an FAQ section or an FAQ page. And a frequently asked questions section or a dedicated page 
will essentially just answer all the questions going through their head about the product service or something else. And really it just helps them get over all those objections, understand everything they're getting, exactly how it works. For example, at the end of the course page on my website, I have a copywriting course that teaches people not only how to get high paying copywriting clients, but also all of my personal techniques and processes for writing copy. And at the very end, I know people have questions about how long the course takes, what the mentorship includes with the course, what the refund policy is like, and what happens after they actually purchase it. So I have a quick little FAQ section that helps answer that and just makes the whole process a lot more smooth and less of a headache for them. And that brings me over to number 11. Now this persuasion technique is all about appealing to the customer's ego because if we're honest, there's many things in life that are based on our ego. It might be wealth, looking good, our health, getting an attractive partner. There's a lot of things related to our wants, needs, desires that are ego related. It's not a bad thing at all, but it's especially the case in many times when we're buying products, services, and just consumerism in general, because normally our deep down primal desires are what are actually pushing us to take action and buy these things. And we can leverage it as a persuasive copywriting technique. So the first thing, once again, make sure you go understand your target audience. I love going through Reddit threads, snooping on social media, or reverse engineering online reviews. And then you really have to determine what they want and why they want it. For example, a lot of people only want to build a six to seven figure business so they can show it off, they can prove people wrong, or live a luxurious life. And I'm of course generalizing here a little bit, but in many cases when you're buying internet-based business systems and those types of courses and whatnot, that is the kind of audience you're targeting. So now if that is the case with that example, we could be writing copy about how if you build a business, it'll allow you to travel the world, drive exotic cars and eat at really fancy restaurants. You can show all of your family and friends that doubted you that they were wrong and that you were right the entire time about your business idea. And now we're almost at the end of the list, moving on to number 12, which is using bold statements and fascination tidbits. And this plays kind of into the objection idea I was talking about earlier, because a lot of people won't just read your copy from start to finish, convert, and it'll be super smooth. They're going to have questions, objections, and you need to keep them really interested along the way. Your points need to be concrete, believable, authoritative, and I love doing that through data and science. Now, one of the best ways to back up any claims you make is just to source relevant stats, graphs, charts, and studies. For example, imagine I told you that you can make millions of dollars copywriting and just left you hanging. So you're probably thinking, okay, like how does that work? How much can I make? Who are people earning that much? But instead, I actually brought you through people like Clayton Makepeace that actually have made millions of dollars in royalties since the 90s. I show you examples of his work, link you to his website embed an interview and so on suddenly my point becomes a lot more convincing because i've actually shown you proof that what i'm talking about has credibility and that's why i want you to make sure that you're using examples science and data every time you're writing a campaign and really it's as easy as just going to google typing a keyword and following it with case study stats data trials scientific studies and this will give you heaps of resources to cite and just make sure that you're finding very relevant sources depending on what you're writing on, and then you're sourcing it properly and giving them credit. Last but not least, the last persuasive copywriting technique I want to talk about is using bonuses. Now, I think if you look at a lot of classic sales letters, I think they're an amazing example of this because often when you get near the end and they're about to position the offer, they pretty much do the classic wait, there's more, and they give you bonuses. These can be templates, it could be mentorship, mini courses, eBooks, it could be just random things and strategies and modules included within the course or whatever the project is. 
For example, if you go to the rmbcmethod.com, this is a copywriting course developed by Stefan Georgi. If you actually go through the end of the sales letter, he provides 20 different bonuses that make the value for his program just absolutely insane. And that's really what it's all about. It's all about just making an offer that's too good to refuse because if you offer a program, a course, whatever it might be, and then you say, wait, here is 10, 15 other things you're getting for free and you list their value, suddenly it just becomes a deal that people can't refuse and it easily increases conversions. Now, if you do wanna learn more about persuasive copywriting, feel free to go into the show notes and read my full blog post on this to see more strategies, ideas, and examples. Feel free to share this episode with anybody you know that wants to learn more about copywriting. Hope you're doing really well right now, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Wise Business Podcast. Share this episode with a friend and reach out to Carmen if you need copywriting services to grow your business. 